a couple of tidbits on the gospel, and then I want to focus on the first reading. But it is interesting that that's a constant caution on us Christians to be careful not to be focused on externals and appearances and, and routine fulfilling of God's rules, so to speak, without our heart also being converted more and more deeply every day, without love being what's first in our hearts and God's truth being our first priority as we preach it in our lives. Because the Pharisees and scribes struggle with that, that everything was on appearances and what people think of them and where they stand, their status, and our Lord compared them to coffins, whitewashed tombs. So beautiful, you spend thousands of dollars on your coffin, it's beautiful, but then within a short amount of time it's full of decay and roaches and terrible things on the inside. We don't want to be like that. And then I noticed as well, like, he catches those in his own day who said, well, if we had lived when our ancestors lived and made the mistakes they made against the prophets, surely we would have done better. And I think sometimes we're like, we presume, like, if I would have lived when the followers of Jesus and the Jews of that time lived, I certainly would not have done what my ancestors did and betrayed him and, and crucified him. But always a word of caution. And that, that fear, that rather that lie in our hearts is not changed. And we want to be very humble and realizing we could fall, we could be so blind as our ancestors were. We do ask for the gift of faith, which brings me to the first reading. Because it takes faith, and faith is God's gift. And if you follow me, follow Mike Spitz, that was today's focus, the virtue of faith. And I appreciate that finally even following what we said over the weekend in the Gospels before, this emphasis that God gave us a clear point of reference. God gave us his word. God gave us his instruments, his apostles. And I notice in our day and age, it's so hard for us to accept and to just be comfortable with the fact that the church is teaching. Pope Francis' teaching of the faith. Bishop Amen's teaching of the faith. And so far as it's teaching, the Catholic faith is not just human opinions, human ideology, conservative or liberal. Follow it if you want to, but maybe you don't have to because it's just the words of men. That's not how we take our faith. And here comes St. Paul, and he's describing what he's doing, but he's also describing what the church always has done and continues to strive to do. You are witnesses, he tells the Thessalonians, and so is God our witness. How justly and blamelessly we strive to behave towards you believers. We treated you as a father treats his children. That's the church. As a father treats her children, exhorting, encouraging, insisting that you walk in a manner worthy of your calling, worthy of God who calls you. That's all the church does. I don't like how it makes me feel guilty. Well, that's my job. I do it to myself too. That you walk in a manner worthy of the God who called you. That's what God said. Be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. And the church is there to lovingly say, hey, you're falling into some mediocrity here. Stand up from your fall. And I love, this is hard for us, but we give thanks to God unceasingly that in receiving the word of God from us, you received it not as the words of human beings. Again, we talked about this over the weekend. Well, we think that the scriptures and the teachings of the church, maybe they're limited to their culture and their times, and the, maybe it's a translation issue, maybe we don't really know what God actually wants or Jesus actually said. No, we don't receive it that way. We receive it not as the words of men, limited to error and, and, and lost along the way through that game of telephone where we no longer know what the first person Jesus passed on because it was lost. 
We don't receive our teachings that way. But as it truly is, Paul dares to say, my words to you, Thessalonians, are the word of God. That's how they're either, again, either a lot of arrogance or the truth. And it was written from the very beginning. Not something invented in the Middle Ages to convince people that this is why you follow the Catholic Church because we've decided in the Middle Ages to write this script in there. From the very beginning, it was received not as the word of Paul or Titus or Apollos or Cephas or whoever. It was the word of God. And it still continues to be. That Catholic, that whole teaching that we receive is the teaching of Jesus Christ and no one else. And we follow it on faith, not in Paul's knowledge and intelligence, not in Father Steve's intelligence, not in Pope Francis' intelligence, but because our faith in God, we trust God. And because He teaches it to us, we believe it, we assent to it, we submit to it. And only for that reason, ultimately. Sometimes I understand it, it makes sense to me, and that's helpful. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't follow it because it makes sense to me all the time. I humble myself before the limitations of my intelligence and I submit to God's intelligence. That's faith. We submit to the Holy Spirit to renew and deepen our faith. Because it is deep faith, is a living faith, and it is a faith not in human words, much less in the criticisms of human words, the criticisms of the church's teachings, but in the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph.